0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's give Garrett a hand. Don't you appreciate him?
1: Oh, I love him. I love. Him.
0: I wasn't going to let you off the hook. I just wanted to see the transition. That was great. That was great. Oh, I love it. I love it. Welcome to Real Life today. We are glad that you are here and super thankful for you and thankful that God Got you in the room today. My name is Richie, our lead pastor, and uh, I believe with all my heart that God loves uh, to meet us in these times, speak, reveal himself, make himself known. Some of you know Jesus, have a relationship with him. Many of you um, do not at all in the room, and God got you here, and you're curious, hungry, desiring to know who God is, and uh, I love it. In scripture, he promises, if you seek him with all your heart, you will find him when you seek him with all your heart. And so my prayer is that we'd come in here hungry, humble, ready to learn, ready to grow today, and that God would make himself known in super powerful ways today. Uh, I want you to grab your Bible, Bible app on your phone, and open to um, the book of Philippians. It's a letter uh, that Paul wrote to a church in Philippi. It's way in the back. See how far I'm in my Bible. Uh, I want you to uh, find that if you need the table of contents, Google for help, whatever. We will have uh, passages on the screen as well, but uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to study over the next six weeks uh, this letter that Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. And the reason why we're going to study this is because um, Jesus' words in, in John 16 have just always struck me. He said, Take heart, for I have overcome the world. He's speaking to his disciples when he's about to head to the cross and eventually be crucified and buried in the grave and then ascend into heaven. And he's getting them ready for his departure. And he could see them just like struggling mentally, emotionally, like wrestling with, oh, what are we going to do, Jesus, when you're gone? How are we going to navigate this life? And he's like, no, I want you to take heart. All the troubles that you're going to face in this life, and you will face troubles, I want you to take heart because I have overcome the world. Paul, as he writes this letter, you got to know Paul. I mean, his name used to be Saul. He used to kill Christians and persecute the church and have Christians thrown in jail for talking about this Jesus who said, take heart. And and, uh, he was encountered by Jesus in a powerful way on on his way to a, a place to go persecute some more Christians. And after that encounter, God commissioned Paul and changed his name from Saul to Paul and sent him on a mission to go share the good news of Jesus Christ with everybody in the known world. And that passion just burned inside of Paul so much so that people were trying to shut him up all the time. As he writes this letter um, to the church in Philippi, um, he's about three, four years away from his death. He's sitting in a jail cell because he has been preaching the gospel. So the, the thing he did to other Christians now has been done to him. And, and the thing that I love about this letter is the amount of rejoicing that Paul is doing as he writes this letter to his friends in Philippi. And the strength that he has, the, the courage that he has, the centeredness that he has. Like I don't know about you, but when I face difficult seasons, like if I was sitting in a prison cell, I don't know that joy and rejoicing would be how you would know me by, Right? I know that many of us are facing difficulties in our lives. Jesus said, Hey, in this life you will have trouble, but take heart. How do we take heart, Jesus? Paul becomes our example through this, this letter, and uh, we're going to just preach through the entire thing. And- over the next six weeks, try to understand what does it look like to be mentally, emotionally strong, how to how to have faith in the midst of difficulty, how to not be shaken and rattled because things are, are hard in our lives. And and um, I'm, I'm really curious how God is going to speak to each of us during this time and, and bring us to a place of strength and centeredness and focus. I, I love Philippians four. You don't need to turn there, but this is kind of the anchor of this whole Whole letter is in Philippians 4, verse 4. Paul says to the church, Rejoice in the Lord always. (laughs) I will say it again, rejoice. Not kind of when things go good when you're sitting on the beach, right? Always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, he says. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? But in every situation, Every circumstance, every difficulty, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, presents your request to God. And, I love this promise, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When you hear that passage, here's what that really is becoming for us through this whole letter, is, is like a bullseye. This is us going, those are the kind of people that we wanna be, who are able to rejoice always who in every situation are prayerful and thoughtful about our hearts and our minds, focus, who are not anxious about anything, but, but, but are able to have and experience, this peace of God that transcends all understanding that that peace would guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, this is the kind of people that we want to be. Show us how to take heart, show us God through this letter. Who, who you are calling us to be and how to have this strength and this centeredness through difficulties in our lives. And so I want to unpack um, Philippians chapter one with you today. And so if you would grab your Bible, Bible app, uh, I want to do something different, special today. We don't always do it like this, but I would love it if all of you would stand to your feet uh, so that we can read the word of God together. So two things, standing and reading aloud together. Uh, Maybe new for some of us. uh, We don't normally do it like this around here, but I'm reading now the English standard version, the ESV. Um, We will have that ESV up on the screen for you as well to follow along. So let's read this together. We are starting in verse three today. He says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness Comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, yet which shall I choose, I cannot tell. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and to be with Christ for that is far better, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents, this is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Let's pray. Lord, as we just hear your word today, May your spirit just be here moving powerfully, God, speaking, directing, leading each of our hearts, God, to understand, discern your word, your will, your grace, your power, your truth, God, for each of us, Lord. I pray that your church would be strengthened today, God, by the good news of Jesus Christ, that our, our resolve and our, our ability, God, to navigate difficulties and conflict, God, would just rise today. That your spirit would be here teaching us and showing us and instructing who you are calling us to be, God. May your grace and your glory be found in your church today, Jesus, in every one of our hearts. We just trust you with these few minutes together and look to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can grab your seat this morning. Man, I just hear the strength of Paul in this passage, and I get so inspired. So many of you are navigating difficulties and hard things in your life. I was having lunch with a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago who's um, daughter is navigating uh, brain cancer and listening to my friend, he would, he would have moments where he's processing, venting his, his pain and his anguish and his anxiety over his daughter's um, growing brain tumor and all the difficulties associated with medicine not working and trying to figure out the right way for the doctors and visits to Seattle and all this kind of chaos. And then watching him intentionally like slow his heart down. Slow his mind down, and then he be, just began to change the way he started talking and the way he started processing. He, he stopped at one point. He's like, "I'm sorry, I just, I'm just struggling." I'm like, "It's okay, man. Like, how do you normally navigate this kind of difficulty? Like, what is it that that God has given you as as a way to walk through this?" He's like, "I just got to start reminding myself of who God is and." how good he is and how loving he is. And it's like, as he's telling me what he tells himself, you could just see his heart lifting, right? That his mind just began to clear and his confidence began to grow and the strength inside him just just began to just become apparent through this season. Think about many of you navigating difficulties and feeling almost powerless through what you're going through. And like, maybe there is no hope or uncertainty just abounds. Anxiety is just overwhelming you and And this idea of difficulty and being strong in the middle of it is a nice idea, but not something that you feel empowered or equipped to actually be able to do. And this this letter that Paul writes, um, there's several things that stand out to me if you you look at just a couple of key verses here. Like verse 6, I I love the strength that Paul finds in this simple verse. He says, I'm sure of this. I love that language. I am sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Listen to where he's drawing strength from. He's drawing strength in, in believing and understanding that God has started something in you. And what God starts, God finishes. And I don't, I don't got to necessarily be involved in how he finishes all of this, but I know that I was a part of the start, and I can have confidence that what God starts, God is going to finish. And he's finding this place of strength that in the midst of all this difficulty, God is at work in these people's lives. He's seeing the church in Philippi, and he's like, man, how amazing is it that God is working in your life? Verse, verse nine, he says, it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more. This is a prayer. That it may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve of what is Excellent and be so pure and blameless for the day of Christ, Fill with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I love this. In the midst of his circumstance and difficulty, you find Paul praying and finding strength and centeredness as he prays for this church to become who God made them to be. He's so others-focused. He's so consumed with what God might be doing in their lives and how he's working in them. You, you see Paul drawing strength through his prayer for what is going on in these people. People. Verse twelve, he says, "I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel." He's like rejoicing in where he's finding himself because there's this sense of strength of like the gospel is is moving forward, the the, the kingdom of God. People are hearing about Jesus' love for them, and it's just amazing to know like that 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 God can work in all of this, and and, and I'm just so thankful that the gospel is is advancing. I love the strength that Paul is is displaying here. Listen to verse 20, 21, 22. He says, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not at all be ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body. Listen to this, Whether whether by life or by death. Think of this. He's going, whether by, by life or by death, he says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which shall I choose? I cannot tell. You see the strength of Paul as he even plays out the worst case scenario of his situation. I don't know about you, but when I play out worst case scenarios, I don't, I don't come up with a lot of strength usually. I come up with more anxiety, more fear, more more uncertainty but you see him playing out worst case scenario and in, in, in that going you know what i'm not sure what i should choose if, it, if it's to go be to heaven because heaven is awesome that's where i get to be with jesus forever and free of this pain in this body but but man maybe i should choose to be here because i know that if i'm here you're going to be encouraged and there's going to be labor more for me. More of people are going to experience the good news of Jesus Christ. I, I love the centeredness of, of Paul in this passage, the strength that he has to, be able to even play out worst case scenario and still stay strong in this passage. So I want, to, I want to learn from Paul in this letter. Not even just like what he says, but from the place that he says it from the tone, the, the intent of his heart, not just the the, the letters on the page, but actually the motivation inside of him? How is it that he's able to be so strong and so centered in such of a deep, deep, difficult time? How is he able to be so focused and resolved? Not, not quitting, not, not bemoaning, not, not um, complaining, but rejoicing, like the opposite of complaining, right? Like, how is that possible? Paul has a strength here that I, I think God wants to get inside of each of us. Here's the bottom line today that I take away from this first chapter of Philippians that uh, I really think God wants to help us with. It seems that for Paul, there is a strength that comes from perspective. If you're jotting down notes today, I want you to get a hold of this, is that there is a strength that comes from perspective. What I mean is that that difficulty abounds. There is no shortness of difficulty in circumstance in our life that is painful and hard and uncertain. But it seems to Paul that, that he's chosen to look at his difficulty from a different angle. And from that different angle, he's, a, he's got the ability to have strength. So what is the angle that Paul is looking at his circumstances from? See, this is really the key to this passage is he has a strength from the perspective that he has chosen to, to look at this difficulty from and through. And I think the same can be true for every single one of us, that we can actually find a strength as we choose a healthy, appropriate perspective that will help us to see our circumstances and our difficulty from a completely different angle, from a different lens. And I think that the, the core of Paul's perspective here, you hear it over and over and over and over and over again, is the gospel. You hear him talk about the gospel. The gospel is advancing and people are sharing the gospel, some in pretense and some from a pure heart. But however they're sharing it, they're sharing it. And I'm just thankful that the gospel is advancing, that you're coming to faith in Christ and that there's other people that are hearing about Christ. And I'm so glad that I'm in a change because it's serving to advance the gospel. The gospel, what is this? this is the, the, the actual word here is, is, is good news, that there is good news about Jesus Christ for all mankind, for all humanity. Every single one of us as humans are made to be in relationship with God. That's how God created us to be. At the very beginning of time, he made us to be in in relationship with him. But when sin entered the story, Adam and Eve chose to disobey God in the Garden of Eden. When they chose to disobey, sin entered our story. In the moment that sin entered every single one of our hearts and and lives and the way we make decisions, we are now driven by self and self-satisfying desires that are destructive to our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. If you read Genesis chapter 3, you, you see the moment sin enters the story, shame enters the story, hiding, blame, all the things that destroy a relationship with God and each other. Man, we've been feeling the effects of this in our planet for the last few thousand years as sin has just run rampant in human hearts. But God in his love says, you know what? I don't want to leave humanity lost and desolate this way. He sends his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth as a savior from our sinful nature. Jesus walks sinless and perfect. He comes to this planet is tried and tempted in every way that you've been tempted, yet remains without sin. He becomes this perfect one who willingly gives up his life as a sacrifice, paying the penalty for our sin. The Bible says the wages of our sin is death. That's what it costs each of us. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Jesus came willingly died in our place, the death that we deserve to die because of our sinful nature. That separated us from God. But that the moment that Jesus died, He took our sin, shame, guilt, condemnation on Himself, took it to the grave with Him, and then didn't stay dead in the grave, rose up out of the grave, resurrecting to new life, declaring victory for anyone who would put their faith in Him. Now it's possible for anyone who puts their faith in Jesus Christ to be made right with God. You no longer have to try to work your way to God and get righteous enough. You do not have what it takes. only the perfection of Jesus that can make us right with God. And it takes faith in Jesus to actually receive that gift of his perfection in exchange for all of your imperfection. This is the message of good news for all humanity. This is why I do what I do. This is why this church exists. This is why we're in this city is to help as many people as possible experience this grace, the goodness of God that he has poured out through his son, Jesus Christ. That's what we're doing here. And this is why why Paul is able to find so much strength in the midst of his difficulty. He has a purpose that supersedes his challenges and, and, and the trials that he's facing. He has a reason. Isn't is one of the number one questions we ask when we're in midst of difficulty? Why am I going through this? Trying to find purpose in the midst of this difficulty. And yet, you see here for Paul, he is so centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. He has the ability to navigate this difficulty centered in the love and the purpose of God, the good news of Jesus Christ being spread to all humanity. That is where his strength has come from as he has chosen to center his heart from this perspective. And what's amazing about this is I go, okay, God, Maybe not all of us have that same perspective. We see our life as maybe um, purposed by success or making money or great relationships or raising amazing kids or being happy, having, having a fulfilling life. We've got some sort of equation in our mind that says, this is what makes my life the way it's supposed to be. And oftentimes the good news of Jesus Christ is maybe third, fourth, fifth, maybe not even on the radar in our hearts and our minds. And I go, God, I don't know that not everybody in the room is a pastor or supposed to be a pastor. That's not like not everybody thinks like that. But yet, God, how how would you center us around the gospel? How would you help our hearts to be anchored with this sense of, of passion for people, all humanity to experience your love and your grace the same way that we are receiving the love and the grace of Jesus Christ? God, how would you center our hearts that way? How would you help us to choose a perspective that brings strength in the midst of our difficulty? That, that really becomes kind of the, the conundrum here as I look at this and I go, ah, how do I change my perspective when all I can see is my difficulty? Our team wrestled with this quite a bit as we were putting this message together, trying to understand like, you can't just tell everybody, hey, hey, you should, you should think about this differently. Your difficulty... Don't be so anxious about it, right? Stop struggling, please, right? Like, it would be nice if it was that easy, right? So, so what does it take? It takes a different view. It takes a different way of seeing things. And Paul seems to see really clearly in the midst of his difficulty. And one of the things that I was brought back to is that, you know, neuroscience is finally catching up to Scripture. It's, it's awesome to see. The truth of God has always been that you have the power to choose what you think about and what you focus on and what things you talk about and what things you um, choose to put your attention on. That's always been throughout Scripture. That has always been the teaching of Scripture. And, And neuroscience is now going, hey, you know what's so powerful about us as humans is we have cognition, we have the ability to reason, and we can actually think about our thinking. That's really cool. I don't know if you knew this, but you can think about what you're thinking about right now. You're like, I'm not thinking about any of this, Richie. I'm thinking about lunch. I'm thinking about, you know, I'm thinking about the stress from from last week or whatever. You know, like, what are you actually thinking about? And, and, And this is powerful. You get to choose what you focus on. You get to choose how you see your circumstance. You actually have the power to look at your life and your difficulties and choose the way you see all of this. That doesn't mean you just kind of paint it all rosy and just call it all good. It's hard. It's painful, it's uncertain, it's it's easy to get anxious about. I'm not minimizing any of your difficulty, but I wanna empower us today to go, you know what, God has actually built you with a brain that can choose what you focus on and what you think about. You're not a victim to your thinking. You may have ruts in how you've always thought, Oh, I always see the negative. I always see the, the pain. I always hear the complaints. And that's all I focus on and talk about and think about. Like as a, as a, uh, we were talking about this in my men's group this last week. As like leaders, one of our jobs is to fix problems. That's like, you're a problem solver. Great. You're a leader. And so then everybody brings you their problems. <laughs> it's like, can I get a break from the problems. Can I, can I, can I have another job that doesn't include problems, please? But what, what, what the choice is, even in the midst of difficulty and problem solving, is to not focus on the brokenness of the problem, but to, but to choose a different way to see the way that, that I'm looking at everything that you and I are navigating. It seems that in this passage that Paul is able, if you're thinking about how do I change my perspective, think about it this way. Paul is able to see with purpose in this passage. That you and I can look at our difficulty and our our pain and our circumstances and we can choose to see it through the lens of purpose. The thing that matters most on this planet is human hearts and where they stand in eternity with God. Either eternally with God in a real place called heaven or eternally separated from God in a real place called hell. That's why many of you are in this room because God has rescued you out of hell and is now setting your life on a new course of purpose and his leadership and his transformation and helping you to become the man or the woman that God made you to be. And many of you are in this room because you have yet to surrender to Jesus in this way and are searching for purpose. But the moment that you come to faith in Jesus Christ, you are now anointed with a new purpose to live out this freedom of the gospel and help as many people as possible around you experience the same freedom that you're experiencing in Christ Jesus. And that you can see your difficulty through the lens of purpose, that God has purpose. He has given us a purpose. He is filling us with a sense of confidence in the purpose that he has for our lives, that there is, there is purpose on your life, that you're not just an accident, you're not just kind of haphazardly making your way through this life, that you are here to help as many people as possible experience the love and the grace of Jesus. It might be your kids, it might be extended family that you have, it might be co-workers or friends, it may be one person in your lifetime, but God has put them in your life on purpose. And for you and I to just kind of settle our hearts and shift our view to see Oh, there is purpose. Like, we don't have to wonder why difficulties happen in this life. We don't have to wonder why we are going through difficulties. We just, we can just put our perspective on the fact that God is good and that His purpose will prevail in this life, on this planet, in all of eternity. And God, I can just settle my heart on the, this perspective that, that there is purpose purpose, that you have purpose, that God is not absent, disconnected from the difficulty that I find myself in, but I can see with purpose. The other thing that Paul has the ability to do is he has the ability to see with optimism in the midst of this difficulty. I'm so thankful that my imprisonment is serving to advance the gospel. In fact, I rejoice in that. Like I'm so thankful that I'm sitting here in prison because people are hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm able, Paul is able to see the difficulty is he's in as an opportunity for God to get glory, for God to, to work out something powerful through this difficulty in this circumstance, may not understand it, may not like it, may not feel good. Don't we do that a lot? We attach our emotions to the difficulty that we're in. And if we feel like it's a good difficulty, then we can see it with optimism. But if we feel like it's a bad one, then we can't see it at all. And it's a choice to go, oh, how do I see this with a sense of opportunity that, God, you want to do something powerful through this. Difficulty is difficult no matter how you measure it. I'm not making light of that. But, but somehow God is able to take this difficulty and make something amazing out of it. We were just singing about how God is able to take graves and turn them into gardens. How, how he took a valley of dry bones in the book of Ezekiel and turned it into last army, like how God is able to bring, bring rivers into the deserts, how he's able to make mountains low and valleys full, like how God is able to take our, our ankles and make them strong and make our hearts courageous. Like, I don't know how God can do this one. Everybody else's heart is melting. God, you can make our hearts strong. Like you have the ability, God, to do something miraculous through this difficulty. And I'm trusting that that is what you're going to do. You make a choice to see it this way. This is an opportunity for God to do something powerful in my life, through us. I think one of the things that I struggle with this in this part of the conversation is uh, a lot of times I measure my optimism based on the outcomes that I'm trying to make happen with, through this difficulty. I don't know if you're like me, but I try to manage outcomes, try to make stuff happen. And a lot of times I feel most anxious when I feel most out of control. Anybody else? And more, more and more anxiety grows in our hearts as we're trying to control outcomes. Well, it's not going the way I thought it was going to go. Relationships are the worst this way, aren't they? Because there's another human involved and they can choose their own kind of way of navigating this difficulty that we're in together. I remember coming home um, from the hospital. My wife was in the hospital as they had just figured out... Um, That she had this crazy tumor in her chest, this lymphoma that was suffocating her. Our yard had gotten tore up right before she went into the hospital because our whole basement flooded and, you know, raining and pouring, you know, all of that, right? And um, I kept, I I would come home from the hospital and I felt like the only thing I could really control, I, I didn't know how to lead my wife through all of this as she's in the hospital fighting for her life. I didn't know how to. Help encourage my two teenage daughters through all of this. I just felt so out of control. And I would come home a lot of times in that little window to the hospital for like 16 days. And uh, our yard had been torn up, and the landscapers or whoever put the pipe back in the ground, you know, they just kind of left it a mess. And so I would, I would get out there and I'd like rake. And I would rake like with all the anxiety and all the like fear and all of the emotion of what our family was going through was just like, just, and I remember one day I was trying, trying to control something, you know? And I felt like the Holy Spirit just kind of like, put his, just like his hands on me, standing in my front yard, just wouldn't let me move. As much as I just wanted to be feverish in my activity and just control something, He just like put his hands on me and I just, just, leaned on the rake and I just started weeping in my front yard. I can't control this God. I can't fix the outcome. I have no idea if my wife is going to live or die. I have no idea how to love my girls. Just as I'm weeping there in my front yard it was like this massive turning point for me. Richie you got to be able to just see this from a different perspective. No matter what you can or can't control, how you feel like this might, might go or should go or whatever, you just got to know that I am working in this whole thing right now. And optimism that was detached from the outcome was new to me. Because I feel like most of my life has been kind of dictated by these outcomes. And if I can get there, if we can do that, then we can do that. And it was like God was just challenging me, no, no, take a step back from the outcomes. Still put your heart in a place of faith. And it was just like this release of control as I'm leaning on the rake, blubbering like a baby in my front yard. My sweet neighbor just kind of quietly walked by. She didn't say, she didn't say a word as she as she was walking her dog. And I just think of how essential it is for us to shift our perspective because strength comes from perspective that you would, see with, you would see with this purpose, you would see with optimism, but you'd also see with certainty. Certainty, Paul had it. I know that God is good. I know that his gospel is advancing. I know that your lives are being changed and other people's lives are being changed. And I know that no matter what the outcome, God is going to be glorified. Whether I'm here on this planet in this prison cell or I get to go to heaven, I would sure choose heaven, but but God's got me here now. And so I I know with certainty that God is gonna work this stuff out for his good, for his glory, for his purpose. See, that that certainty, that gives you a strength in the midst of whatever difficulty you find yourself in. It's not a certainty in the outcome or in your ability to navigate this difficulty. It's a certainty in the goodness and the love of God, that he loves you, that he sees you, that he knows you, that he has purpose for you, has calling for you. He he has so much in mind for your life. And this is not God abandoning you, giving up on you, going away. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You can be certain of this promise from God. And for you and I to to have a, a perspective that says, you know what, God, I don't see the outcome that I wanna see. I don't know how we're going to get there from here, God, but I can be certain of your goodness. I could be certain of your love. I could be certain of your favor and your power, and you're your, your such an amazing, gracious, kind, loving God. I could be certain of that. Strength starts to rise in your soul, in your mind. The clarity, the anxiety starts to evaporate as you begin to choose this perspective. I want to encourage you in this. Like, I always want to inspire and motivate you. And this is not just like some like little pick me up, though, type of, of a talk. This is you saying, okay, I've got difficulties in my life. Difficulties abound in all kinds of our lives, but I'm going to begin to do some hard work of choosing a different perspective, of finding strength in a perspective that is from God that is eternal, that is centered in the gospel of Jesus Christ, that is somehow going to keep my heart focused in the midst of all this pain that I feel right now. That's when the anxieties and the strength, and that's when all of that starts to change is when you are diligent in your choices, in your thinking, in your words, that you're not just a victim of all this difficulty, but you're actually being intentional about what you are saying, what you're thinking about, where you are focusing your strength comes from perspective. And I believe that God's grace is enough for you. We have some of the hardest things. I mean, I I know so many of your stories sitting here today. I can't for a second feel what you feel, understand what you're going through. But what I love about our God is he is with you. Every bit of this right now. That He is your strength. He is your hope. He is your shield. He is your rock. He is your shelter. He is your hiding place. Strength doesn't come from yourself. comes from how good and how loving and how gracious our God is. I want to pray for you today. If you would just stand to your feet with me. here with all the things that each of us have going on God God your love is here peace is here comfort is here because you are here grace is here God power is here God God, I just thank you for your church, God. Every every soul in this room, God. Every one of them, God. You know by name that you have you know, purpose for, life for, abundant life for, God. And I just I just pray your your strength over every soul, every mind, every scattered thought, God. I I just pray your your strength and your peace over every anxious heart in this room, God, today. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would break through the darkness, the depression, the fears, God, that you would break through those places that have seemed to own our hearts and our minds, God, and and give us a strength, God, that that is not our own, that is because of you at work inside of our hearts and our minds, God. And I pray for a resolve, God, in your church today, a, a resolve to choose. To not fall victim to the way we've always thought about difficulties, God, but to choose a, a way uh, of, of your perspective. God. Your church would be empowered, encouraged, strengthened. That your church would take heart, Jesus, because you have overcome. You have overcome, Jesus. Our faith just rests there love you, Jesus. Any heart in this room, God, that doesn't have a relationship with you, I pray, God, that you would just draw them to a place right now of hearing your love and your good news, Jesus. Draw them to a place of repentance, recognition of their need for a savior, God. None of us, God, are right in our own merit, our own strength. It is only by the perfection of Jesus Christ that we can be made right. I pray, God, that that, surrender. Just fill every heart here today, God. We love you. We trust you, Jesus, in your